Welcome to the next best podcast with your hosts, Chris Cashman. 24 years old, a former sheet metal worker, Mr. America, and twice Mr. Universe. And Chris Daniels. Time Magazine even named him Person of the Century. Now, from the CNC Podcast Factory, here's the next best podcast. Chris, according to at least certain pockets of the internet, they missed us. People wondered, where have they gone? Where is the next best podcast? And we don't want to get uh, too into it. You can get burned by the molten lava if you dig too deep. Everybody knows that. But we are back from uh, a hiatus, a suspension. If we want to weave this into hockey, we'll say we got five for fighting. Yeah, and you know, I even had a police officer come up and say, what's the deal with the next best pod? He, he was an avid fan, is an avid fan. Yeah. Uh, he wants the next best pod, and so we are here to deliver. It's definitely not because we got too busy and just didn't get back into the podcast. <laughs> just know it was somebody else's fault and not ours. But look, we're back, and there's a lot to talk about, and we're coming right out of the gates with a special guest. Yes, John Barr, NHL to Seattle. I I know him. Yeah, he, he has been like the lone voice for years yeah. in Seattle. He quietly built a website uh, to try and get people interested in the NHL to Seattle. And lo and behold, we're getting an NHL team. And so it's been fun to watch over the years. John and I have interacted uh, several times, and, and I, I still remember there was a day when Seattle was supposed to bid on a team. Right. We were supposed to have like three bids yeah. for a new NHL team <laughs> the year that Vegas uh, came up, and and then we didn't bid, and I had to – Go talk to John, and it was like sad puppy face, you know, like oh my god. It's the opposite we went of the through face all this, right yeah. And here he is smiling because yeah. he knows, like, after all these years of work and, and keeping people interested, that we're getting a team. John, welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm a big fan of the pod. I've been wondering what's been going on with the suspension, and <laughs> I remember those interactions over the years. Yeah. So, and that, I remember that day at Olympic View Ice Arena. Yep. That, that's for sure. I remember that. A thanks, dark day. Thanks for agreeing to come in and do this in the studio. We don't have a ton of guests. What do you think? Because you, you didn't even get the layout, because you know the jacuzzi's over there, the pool tables are up <laughs> in the balcony. I like um, the game room, and the full bar is pretty sweet. Thank you, but you yeah. got to swim through yeah. the grotto. Yeah. A lot of people yeah. complain and say, I don't want to get wet. Anyway, thanks for being here. This is yeah. awesome. And, and at face value, I love your story because you are that guy, but you really were just a fan. I mean, this was just – is this a be careful what you wish for a scenario where all of a sudden you're in the hot seat all the time going, John, you've got answers. What's going on? Well, we could we could relive everything, but, you know, <laughs> uh, hockey wasn't at the, the forefront from the beginning, and, and – we obviously thought the Sonics would lead the way, and I mean, I was all supportive of the Sonics. I went down to Occidental. You've been, I've been at all those city council meetings and yeah. seen Chris there. So I never thought hockey would kind of jump to the forefront and be kind of the first team to come here. So that that was a little surprising. But once you're in it, you're in it, and you've got to got to deal with what what what's given to you. And uh, nobody else was there to kind of carry the torch when hockey came along, and. And I just ran with it, but I mean, the, the strength is the community, really, and not to be too cliche there, but you know, there was a lot of people behind me that would rally me or just support me, even emotionally, right, to, to say that I was doing the right thing, even though things looked pretty dark for a couple times there. I think he might have just come up with my new favorite potential name for the team. And it's not Seattle, but it's based on the movement, the season ticket, the torch, the Seattle torch. Mm. That's, that's original. Oh. Write it down. Write it down. All right, we got it written down. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, the backstory, in short, uh, tell everybody how how you came to be 
that guy who would write about the NHL and talk about the viability of the market on NHLtheseattle.com. So I'm going to back up a little bit to my childhood where I didn't grow up with hockey. I grew up in East, East Bay, California. No hockey. No hockey around. Never watched it. Didn't like it. Or just it just wasn't you know part of the lexicon because the Sharks weren't there at the time. Fast forward, I move here, and I realize how big of a hockey market this already is compared to it was down there. And so I would always kind of bore people to death well as soon as I moved here about what a great market this would be, and I realized the limitation is the arena. We didn't have an arena. And so um, I just became an expert and would rally my friends and, and talk about it, and I started with the news list and you know created a blog, and probably the timing with Twitter and Facebook kind of like taking off at the time was – was right and uh, just went with it. And, uh, you know, everybody at Sonics Rising and Brian Robinson has been super supportive, and I saw what they were doing, and I said, well, I want to do that for the hockey community, um, even though we're small. And I have a, I have a picture at one of the, the joint council meetings between King County and Seattle City County, hmm. and it's me and a buddy in a hockey jersey up front, and it's a sea of green behind me. Right? We were, like, pretty much the only hockey people there, but that's what it was in the <laughs> beginning. And I get it, right? Like I'm, I've I've been there from the beginning, supporting anything that would get us an arena because I knew that was the biggest limitation. So, and when did you think that this was going to become a, a real deal because of all those stops and starts and bids that didn't <laughs> happen? And uh, the, when when did you think? looking at this as intently and closely as you have, that this was going to become a real deal? I probably was more confident over earlier in the stages and then see things fall apart. Right. Um, certainly Sacramento, I was devastated on the Sacramento news because I knew that would open the door. So I think I was a little bit uh, reserved after that. And I think it was when Tim Lewicki got involved, I thought that was a big deal because he's such a power player in the, in the sports industry. But even then, it probably wasn't until... Gary Bettman said they've accepted an application from Seattle. So that was December of 2017 after we had the approved MOU that I thought, oh, my gosh, this is going to happen. But even even going up to the ticket drive, the week before the ticket drive, I was losing sleep. And I literally took out my own money and paid advertising on my Facebook page to boost posts about the ticket drive (laughs) because I don't know 10,000 people that would be willing to – Put tickets. So I had no idea. I thought we had it, but I just didn't know. And I was losing sleep the whole week before. Yeah. So the March 1st was a pretty big deal. Too. Well, and, and the funny thing about the, the Gary Bettman moment that you mentioned in December of 2017 was that was not necessarily expected. I mean, the Canadian media that, that flies to all of the, the Board of Governors meetings, they were saying, eh, you know, they might have something to say about Seattle at some point in time. And lo and behold, he comes out like a day earlier than expected and said, yes, we're going to accept applications and only from Seattle, right. which was not expected at all. And you're right. I think that was a, a strong indicator of where it was going to go. Yeah. And I think it, it was it, that was same thing. I read it the same way. Like, oh, they, hopefully he talks about Seattle, mentions Seattle. Yeah. Like, that's the stuff I get excited about. He just mentions the word Seattle. But then uh, when he came out, that was that was that was uh, my phone like ended up breaking because I was getting so many messages on it. So obviously it seems like a hurry up and wait game and it's been years and years and seems like agony, but flashing forward to where we are now, you suddenly go, wow, look at where we are. Look at th- things are happening. There's construction. We can't hear it from here, but it's happening. The arena is happening. What's your perspective now that it's all happening? Because not only 
do we have this team coming? Do we have construction underway? But now there's all of these things that the average fan wouldn't even think about. But between a logo, what's the name? Oh, we're going to have a, a, a junior team? Where are they going to play? Yeah. Are we going to own them? Are we going to not own them? Right. I mean, there's so much going on. You know, and, and it's funny. I never would play the name game along, along the way. And I'd always say it's like de- deciding where to spend your money before winning the lottery. Right. Like, let's win the lottery first, and then we can worry about all that stuff later. Um, and so now it's like we can start talking about those tangible things yeah. and what that really – and with with certainty it's going to happen, right? Like, oh, where do we put the AHL team? What are the seats going to look like? What are the suites going to look like? All that, mm-hmm. all that stuff. And we can start to look at rosters and lineups and say that guy might be available, that guy might be available. So it's pretty, it's pretty mm-hmm. crazy. Like, I, you know, as much as uh, I figured this would come someday, it's, it's kind of surreal right now. Yeah. Yeah, you said that uh, you've already been looking at potential potential players in an expansion team. Yeah, um, it's a little speculative, uh, <laughs> and everything will change. But that's so, everybody's favorite game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's a there's a website that it's called CapFriendly.com. They basically list out the salary cap, but they released a, a Seattle expansion tool where it shows who's going to be under contract, what are the terms, who's going to be who's going to be protected, and who's going to be exempt. And so it's a lot of the mumbo jumbo of the of the actual expansion rules, but it's it's a fun simulation where you can say, well, Philadelphia is going to protect these guys, so that means these guys are available, and all of a sudden, you can start to figure out what that might look like in two years. And obviously, the the timing of all this was interesting with what happened in Las Vegas. Fans looked over there and go, "Ooh, wait, so we don't even have to be a bottom feeder for five <laughs> years? Like we could come out swinging." Uh, and you know, now the arena's happening, and technology's changing by the minute. I keep I find myself googling things like NHL technology and reading articles about new things they're infusing into the game. So by the time we have our team on the ice, it's going to be NHL, but it might look and feel a bit different. Yeah, and and when you invent a team from the beginning, yeah. um, you have a little bit more liberties to, to, to take advantage of, whether it be the in the arena and the fan experience. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be interesting because it's essentially a new arena, and you can kind of go out with new tech and then also NHL is implementing a lot of uh, tech on the ice with their, their player tracking. And, Chris, I know you kind of reported that at, down at the All-Star game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be open up a f- huge new window of how we even consume it on TV. So I think it's going to be a really interesting time, and I, and I love that you know Seattle's going to be part of it because of the tech culture, too, we Perfect. have here. Yeah. Yeah. I am fascinated by how that's going to work with the technology that the NHL is implementing. For people who don't know, putting chips and pucks and chips and jerseys to allow people to watch the speed live on the air and get the the, the readout live yeah. on the air. They, they kind of did a test run during the All-Star game, uh, but they're going to put it into play in 2019, 2020. And I'm fascinated that the Players Association said okay to this yeah, because think. You, you, you're <laughs> going to be able to tell when a guy has lost a couple miles an hour off his skate, and that means real money. In theory... Because you're going to be able to tell when somebody's talents well, the other are sports decreasing. wouldn't want anything to do with this. You would right. in baseball was saying he was dragging his buns to first base. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I've got the data. So yeah. you're right. This is interesting. It is going to be interesting. Now, biometrics is one thing that they're not uh, going, to, going to have, and I think that's a tougher discussion because it's it's literally physical metrics on the body and, right. and how their recovery and right. heart rates and stuff like that. I think right. that's a bigger bigger battle. Talk to us about this analytics uh, yep. little get together you had that you th- said was going to be kind of like farmers market pop up in your mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then everybody showed up. Yeah. So uh, last week, 
at the University of Washington, we we hosted a friend of mine, Emily Joe Michelle, who did a bunch of heavy lifting. She's a big hockey analytics person. Um, put on the Seattle Hockey Analytics Conference, or CHAC for short. Um, and it's basically a grassroots, community-driven effort uh, for the community, by the community. And then uh, whoever wants to attend can can attend. And we thought last year was in Vancouver, and we talked to the Vancouver guys, and they were, like, ready to take a year off. And they're like, why don't you do it down in Seattle? And I'm like, okay, let's look what that means. And putting on an event for, you know, 150, 200 people is kind of challenging and uh there's a lot of logistics in there but w- we hosted it and it's and it's basically similar to how baseball's experienced they're um big into the analytics and the shifts and moneyball and and bill james if you go back further about um hockey's kind of doing that but they're really behind they're probably built behind 20 years or so from baseball um it's maybe a little more complex of a game but but this was an opportunity to get um speakers from all over North America to come talk about different topics around analytics. And it was everything from their minor league players and age, like players that play in the AHL and their expectations in the NHL. Um, and how do you analyze prospects, like comparing people that play in college versus uh, juniors or Sweden. And then there's also a lot of in-game analytics about speeds, speeds of shots and directions of face-offs. Like, I'm glossing over it, yeah. and there's a lot of smart people and a lot of math. There's a lot of math in it, but it was like a really fun experience because I didn't know if people would show up, and we ended up with over 150 people, people from seven different provinces, 15 different states. There was mm. eight eight to ten NHL teams represented there cool. just attending, and it was it was very grassrootsy, right? It was it was not the big well, bells and whistles and um, of that Sloan, which I was at the prior week, um, out in Boston, but it was, it was a great experience. And, and we even had this expansion draft exercise where we basically asked people to get in groups and draft our team based on a couple of assumptions. So where's your roster? The roster's right in front of me, <laughs> but, uh, Ooh. it's, it's essentially crowdsourced. So I figure we save the, the NHL team here a lot of money <laughs> for hiring the GM. Have we you can share that list anywhere. Uh, it's shared online oh, on yes. my on my site nhl2seattle.com. All right, um, and it's it's fun to look at because there's some teams that are going to have some some challenges on players that they need they they can't protect. Now a lot can change. There will be trades, and if if you follow the Vegas expansion, there's scenarios where, in lieu of taking somebody off this team, they would get uh, draft picks or something like that. So there's going to be a lot of trades between the Seattle club and the other clubs. Passes to it to sure the man, shoots it, and boom goes the dynamite. So it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. It was a fun exercise and you had a lot of smart people doing it. So that was kind of cool too. Um, and, uh, we even got name name submissions for the team and we have consensus. I don't know. This is pretty much breaking news. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good. We're ready. Okay. Uh, we had two of the 30 submissions suggest Seattle grunge. So that's as good as consensus as we're going to get. So let's <laughs> you know, go with it. Yeah. Even though it lit certain pockets of the internet on fire, my friend is a wonderful graphics designer, and he, when this first came down, created that. It very possibly is an image you've already seen of that very name oh, and nice. what the jerseys and a player would look like. I have that. We're going we're gonna to share that at, out with the episode. Because, of course, he did it sort of as a wink to the city and for <laughs> yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah. Some people loved it. Some people got very upset. We said, relax. We're just having fun <laughs> yeah, with this. But yeah. it sort of grew on me a little bit. <laughs> Although I, he made the jersey a flannel. And I was of like, course maybe it, that's... Of course it would. Yeah. Of course it would be. So. I mean, it seems like... Yeah, I mean, that's the fun thing to talk about, right? But, uh, it, I mean, it seems like it's also eliciting passion from a lot of 
different people it's about fun. Yeah. no fish names, hashtag yeah. no fish names. Yeah. People yeah. said sockeye. No sockeye. What if it's like a black eye sockeye? Like it's punching. Okay, well, maybe. <laughs> yeah. yeah. People are very <laughs> passionate about that it kind of needs to be tough. Some people want it to be very symbolic of the area. You know, I, I mean, I sat down as an exercise myself and started writing a list of like, what are some things that people haven't thought of yet or, or that I'm not hearing? Because we're doing a lot of Seattle stuff, but what about, I was thinking even about the water. You know, I was like, of course, nobody's going for sea monsters. But, you know, I was like, what, you know, what about the, the riptide or the undertow or something like that? And I thought, <laughs> yeah. no, nah, these all come with unfortunate. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> consequence. So, yeah. Yeah. So so was that that was kind of the the most popular within that closed circuit of the names. Yeah. Yeah. But it was only two of 30 people. So. <laughs> OK. But that's as consensus as we got. That, <laughs> yeah, that right. means there was 20, 28 other submissions. So I'm not sure that's that's one to go on. Right. Do you have a favorite? Uh, I don't because. It's gonna come with too I'm many gonna love dislikes. It. I'm gonna love whatever they give. Too many it. unfollows. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like yeah. it's easily the most divisive subject in in the community right now. No matter what I post, it'll all come back to the names and people will argue about it. So steelheads, sockeyes, Sasquatch. We talked about that the other day. There's some movement going. There's some rumblings with that. Of course, a lot of people are hot and bothered about Squatch, saying nah, that yep. belongs to the Sonics. Right. And yep. Until that, that's we can't step on that territory. But I don't know. Yeah. Well, and you've used hockey uh, not only for the analytics conference, but for charity. You, you've put together this charity event every year. What's that all about? Yeah, and, and I, I don't, I shouldn't take credit for it. I, I'm a big uh, instigator of it. But um, it's the Ron McDonald House Hockey Challenge that was a couple weeks ago uh, down with uh, Seattle Thunderbirds and the obviously the Ron McDonald House of Seattle. It's actually something I got involved with 15 years ago when I first moved here. Um, as a as a way to kind of give back and play hockey and and the Ronald McDonald House, I, you know, I've I've participated or volunteered in various Ronald McDonald Houses throughout the U.S. But um, it was just a good opportunity to to get involved and I've grown on it. And then I put two teams together. We raise raise a bunch of money. It's basically a bunch of adult hockey league players that take the ice before a Thunderbirds game and raise money. So we ended up raising one hundred seventy five thousand dollars, which is pretty uh, pretty significant. Um, and, you know, big, big props to the Seattle Thunderbirds who opened their doors and essentially let us operate there for free. And then the Ron McDonald House puts on a great event. Started at Microsoft and now it's kind of been company agnostic, but there's still a lot of Microsoft influence and Amazon people. So it's pretty cool opportunity. And, and again, that's it's me being part of the community and it's something that I've believed in for a while with or without the NHL, because obviously I got involved when the NHL wasn't even a, a glimmer in my eye. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, what's, what's next? I mean, what, what do you have circled? Me and Chris always like to end the podcast with what's next? What are the dates? What do we need to pay attention to? But for you personally, what, what are you excited about? What are you waiting for to happen? Um, I, that's a good question. <laughs> um, I, I'm just enjoying kind of interacting with the fans a lot more too. And, and, without the pressure of any city council meetings or votes or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really know what's next. I, we, you know, we launched a podcast and I continue to write for the, on the site. And I hope it's going to be kind of a way to shepherd us into the, when the team comes here in a couple of years, uh, I'm sure we'll have watch parties over the time. And I mean, it's just fun to interact with people who have, whether I've interacted with them online or seen them at events over the years and, give hugs because it's a it's a good time for to be a hockey fan in seattle we'd love to promote your podcast but it's a direct competition with us and so we hope to squash it okay. <laughs> so it's, 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 no, no of course tell everybody where they can find it you're all oh, obvious places yep i'm it's uh sound of hockey podcast um obviously a 
kind of tribute to the Puget Sound, but um, it's been great. People people have loved it, and it's a it's a way. It's a lot of hockey talk, obviously, yeah. and it's a way to kind of bring new fans in or, or bring old fans in that haven't really been paying attention because it's hard to follow hockey in Seattle. And of course, NHLSeattle.com. That's right. Yeah. Thanks for being our our first guest of the new and improved. And shackle-free, Next Best Podcast. Thanks for doing this. Thanks a bunch. On Twitter and Instagram, at Next Best Pod. That's the worst name I ever heard. This is the exclusive ending of the Next Best Podcast.